it's interesting. I feel like there's such a need for God in schools. But to be quite honest, I feel like God is at the door knocking. Um, but he is, he's not welcome in school. Um, you get that from the, the policies. It's accepting of everything else but the gospel, except for Jesus, except right. for the, the message of the Bible. And uh, that seems, that's really offensive to people, which, you know, it's, it's supposed to be. God has been pushed out of the public school system. We put policies in place to combat hate. But when students hear him knock and invite him in, we see God move in ways where the culture changes. I'm Jeff Eggert. I'm Jason Brewer. And this is The Thought Factory. The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, cultivating students through biblical discipleship and spiritual disciplines using theology, community, and technology. Learn more at neverthesame.org. Well, we're glad you're here with us on this episode of The Thought Factory, where we're in this series called Behind Closed Doors on Campus. Last episode, we heard directly from students, and we heard some stories of how um, schools are changing because of the leadership of what God's doing through high school students. And today, we're going to go back on the inside and hear from some insiders, but we're going to hear from adults today what their perspective is on what's happening in schools and Hearing from two people in particular, one's a high school principal at an urban high school here in the uh, United States, as well as a person that does a lot of different things. He's a performer, but he also visits public schools and interacts with literally thousands of students on a weekly basis around the country. And if you are joining us for whatever reason for the first time, we want to encourage you to check out all of the episodes that we've had in the past. We are in our fourth season of the podcast We started this season out with a series called The Digital Life, where we looked at survival tools to give to students to be able to navigate their digital footprint in this digital world. And so we want to encourage you to check those episodes out because they have a lot of nuggets of information. And when we are dealing with the digital world, it's no doubt that we can't avoid and we can't escape technology. And so Chris McKenna gives us a lot of nuggets of information and insight on being able to navigate and being able to navigate appropriately and teach those tools to students as well. As always, find us on our Facebook page. Uh, When you search Never the Same, you'll find this uh, post of this episode, and you can interact with us, as well as a link to our uh, companion blog, which goes with each episode, which takes you a little deeper informationally. That blog can be found on our website as well, neverthesame.org slash blog. So check that out. Jason, one of the things that we do is we look forward to summer, and we're gearing up to the summer here. We're starting to get closer and closer to that summer break when students are out of school. It's warm everywhere. Things are great. And uh, one of the things that we do in the summer is we travel across the country for NTS Camp, part of our organization. Jason, you play such an important part in that role because you... Drive the truck. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess you do sometimes. You, um, more importantly than that, though... (laughs) from getting us to A to B. You oversee all the programming, and Jason is really the best, in my opinion, as far as programming a student event, and there's we're second to none with, with the environments that, that you created in NTS Camp. And uh, we're not a traditional camp in terms of like more of an outdoor or you know an environment that's uh, a property where, where, where we own. We travel 
and partner with colleges, college campuses. So we're around the country, literally on the road, traveling thousands of miles from place to place. And um, we're coming to a place near you. We hope that you can follow us, maybe visit us, and hopefully come join us at NTS Camp. So you can learn more at ntscamp.com, and uh, you'll find out where we will be. And maybe, just maybe, if you'd like to visit, we have visitors all the time. Youth Ministry is thinking about checking it out. And uh, Jason, our camp is different for youth ministries because it really empowers them and equips them. Some of the things that we do to, uh, to do that is allowing the adult leaders to come for free as well as some other things. Sometimes it's difficult to describe what our camp is like when I say that I work for an organization that puts on summer camps and what it really entails. And, and many people have this concept of camp and kumbaya and sitting around a campfire and you're sitting in the middle of the woods and we are not like that at all. And I've also been a camp counselor where students would be sent by their parents individually by themselves and they show up and then you have these camp counselors. We're not like that as well. We we put on an environment, high production, programmed environment for youth ministries where they can bring their entire youth ministry to the camp. And that includes the small group leaders. The small group leaders are able to go for free. We budget out all the money for the all the adult leaders from every single church that we partner with to be able to come to our camp mainly because we want to invest in them. We want to be able to pour into them. We want to train them. But also we know how important it is for their involvement in the students' lives that show up at camp because it, it's a discipleship piece. They are able to go through the, the entire camp experience with the students that they're discipling and then go home and be able to disciple them and continue that relationship. And so we have seen success story after success story of being able to see the adults be right there, present with the students. They, the student is transformed by the gospel, by the truth, by the presence of God. And then they're going home and they're able to walk alongside an adult leader who cares about them. And we are unique in that way because most camps just have students show up on site and there's camp counselors that invest in these students and then those students leave. And then as the years go on, that camp counselor loses relationship or loses touch with that student. But we, we believe in adult leaders. We believe in youth workers. We are youth workers or former youth workers, and we know how important it is for these youth workers to be invested in. And so that's what we try to do at NTS Camp. This was birthed in the trenches of youth ministry. Me and a friend back in the year 2000 came up with this idea, started it. A few friends, we got together, brought our youth groups together. And from there, it's just grown to be this national camp. But but we started with, how can we make this uh, week of camp, make our youth ministries better throughout the year? So we provide... Uh, top-notch training from the greatest minds in youth ministry around the country that are that are with us, that are training your adults who are there, giving them some time off so you can be with your volunteer staff. So we have churches all the way from 200 to 20,000, literally across the country, all denominations. So check it out. If you're still thinking about an option for this summer, we'd love to talk to you about that and have you join us. So ntscamp.com is the website. So today... We're talking about schools, and just um, a few days ago as we recorded this, students um, in Florida are are still reeling, especially at Douglas High School, from the shooting that happened. And it, that's been a game changer. And 
So as we're talking about students and campus, um, it's almost like a different day today because of, of that event. And uh, Jason, I, I remember, um, I think on the last episode, you talked about it being um, the new Columbine, which is sad to, to think about. But, um, you know, here we are today still facing all these uh, issues. And what is it really like? What's going on behind closed doors of schools? It's where they're spending half of their waking hours during the school year. So as youth workers, as people thinking about students and equipping and helping them, we need to know what that environment's like. We need to know what that world is like. And that's what we're going to get into today. In this first segment, we have George Moss, who is a hip hop artist. He is a friend of ours. He travels the country, um, going into schools and being able to talk to them. And he has an inspirational message and he tries to just build relationships with these students and get to know them and to pour into them. And so we're going to talk to him right now. Well, we're really glad to have George Moss with us, a dear friend, known him for a long time since he was a young man. (laughs) And I'm your still voice, young. your voice is still as deep. <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah. You, At least uh, I try to pretend like I'm you're still young. young. You're still yeah. young. George does many, many things. Oxen apparel. He travels. He performs. He speaks. He writes. He does so many different things. And currently, the reason you're here with us today is your involvement in public schools. We're, we've been talking about what's going on behind closed doors at schools. So, George. Incredible to have you with us today. I'm glad to be here. I'm really glad to be here. Thanks for joining us. Sure. <laughs> Thanks for going live as well. Hey, yeah. everybody. Shout out to everybody on Instagram watching this. Uh, you won't see it on the podcast. I will see it because uh, I follow you on Instagram. Well, thank you. And Appreciate speaking it. of Instagram, we might as well go into the first question, which is... <laughs> Ooh, segue. Segue. That's the best way to go. <laughs> there was something that made you famous on Instagram. See... Yeah, <laughs> and when I say famous, famous, I, yeah, quotes, quotation marks quote, on the famous. Yeah. It was it's actually more so inst- or more so Facebook than Instagram. Speaking of Insta- Facebook, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because uh, so a couple of years ago, I, uh, I we just I got married. We had a we had a new baby boy, and we we were nursing him. Well, we meaning my wife was nursing him, and uh, she's out on the road with me, and we left him at home for that time with a babysitter and she's, you know, pumping while we're out on the road to to give him breast milk. Can I say breast milk on the podcast? Is that, I guess you can. I mean we'll gonna, we'll beep it out later yeah. if we feel like if <laughs> I it's don't necessary. think anybody would be offended, but I mean everyone's offended by Unnecessary censorship right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just start bleeping stuff for no reason. Yeah. Anyway, um so yeah, I'm I'm just cleaning my wife's breast pumps backstage after I get off the con after I get off stage, I'm still sweaty. I go back to the green room and my wife wants to, she's going to go out to the merchandise table to help out there, and I just needed to clean up. So I'm just silly taking a photo of myself like, hey, this is what rappers do when they <laughs> get off stage. They clean breast pumps for their wives so the babies can eat. And I did hashtag thug life. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh, my goodness. Just to, I mean, just being silly. And then, you know, this kind of the internet got a hold of it, and the next day I'm going up to another show, and somebody calls was like, hey, they're talking about you on the Today Show. I'm like, what are you talking about? And then I get off the thing, and like Facebook just starts blowing up. And like, I mean, apparently the picture just went viral. And now I'm not known for music or for ministry or for anything <laughs> else. I'm the guy that washed breast pumps in the bathroom. Uh, so after your performance, <laughs> right? That is so funny. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> 
Something to be known for. Yeah, I guess you got to be known for something. Fifteen seconds. Did your heart rate go up when when your friend said, "Hey, you're being mentioned on the the Today Show"? I thought he was just mistaken. I'm, I just thought I was making a funny joke. I was like, "Oh man, people really think I'm funny," and not really. It was actually important to people that I did that. So, yeah. Wow, that's so funny. So you've had a background in working with students. Um, talk to us a little bit about that and what you're doing now currently. Yeah, I mean, I've I've worked with students ever since I was a student, um, doing ministry, doing hip-hop music. I tour and I do things. And um, every so often I've gotten an opportunity to go into public schools, uh, sometimes with a speaker. Like I'll go in, do a couple songs, and the speaker will speak. And just recently I've taken on the um, the whole thing, like, you know, going in, sharing some uh, performing a little bit and then sharing my story uh, as a speaker to the kids and um yeah it's just been interesting to say the least i think uh i've been doing this for a while now and the culture has changed drastically in the past say 10 years um and you know culture always shifts but uh doing ministry is hard to catch up with that people we don't stay ahead of the curve we think oh this worked this year we're going to continue to do what works and people move on from what worked then um, without updating it to what it does right now. And I think we're the new generation. We have to approach ministry in a much different way. Mm. What would you describe your role? Like, would it be more inspirational, more motivational, more like... Yeah, I just want to inspire kids, really. Um, Inspire them to be able to share their story and realize that their story is important and their story is unique. It doesn't have to be like everybody else's. Like, the story that I do have is still important and it still can. Uh, Other kids still need to hear it. Other people still need to hear it. And I realized that a lot of these kids, they don't realize that they're living through their story right now. A lot of the struggles that they're facing, a lot of the problems that they're going through right now, they don't realize that they're going through this to be able to have that experience to relate to somebody else later. Um, but it's hard to see that when you are a 16-year-old and you feel like the world is crashing around you. Um, it's hard to see the light at the end of that tunnel and realize that your story is actually important and you going through this is much bigger than just yourself. That's what I hope to be able to communicate to kids and be able to see that. Usually when we do this somewhere in public, one of us has to say it. I'm going to say it. I gave you your first performance show, right? Absolutely. What was the date? October 2nd, 1999. Yes. Uh, Yes. Opening up for John Rubin. That's right. Uh, Thank you, man. You you gave me my first opportunity (laughs) to open up for someone. So I always love I'm so proud of all the things you've done over the years. And um, and your ministry to students really shifted, I think, within the last year or so, where you've performed to hundreds of thousands of, of students really yeah. and uh, on stage and you've spoke <clears throat> and what I love about you is your heart uh, it's what I look for when I we look for people for NTS and other events is people that are real and it's not a job it's a passion it's a love for God and I just really appreciate that but your ministry really shifted in the last year from doing not just that, but really going into public schools. Yeah. And uh, we had lunch, I don't know, six weeks ago. and um, Together? Ta- together, oh, yeah. 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 Together. I, I had lunch six weeks ago. Same too. restaurant. I don't remember what it was. We were at the same table. Yeah, same time. Man. We were talking about um, about the things that you are seeing. I mean, you're, you're there in public schools all across the country. Yeah. So talk about what you're seeing God do in schools. You talked about some of the change, changes, shifts in culture, but what, what, are, what are you seeing? Man, it's, um, it's interesting. I feel like there's such a need for God in schools. But to be quite honest, I feel like God is at the door knocking, um, but he is, he's not welcome in school. 
Um, you get that from the the policies and set up the you know the culture that we're li- we're living in a post Christian society. Yeah. Um, that's a popular buzzword, but that's it. Truly, is what it is. It's accepting of everything else but the gospel, except for Jesus, except right. for the the message of the Bible, and uh, that seems that's really offensive to people. Which you know it's. It's supposed to be. That's what the Bible teaches. It's going to be yeah. offensive to to those people, to to those that don't want to accept that um, the truths that are found in it. From my perspective, going in, uh, it's great. I've had I've had several different experiences. So sometimes when I go in myself and I'm welcomed in, and people actually ask me to come and be a part of that, um, it's received really well. Um, but sometimes that they find out that you're a Christian then it becomes a problem. Then it becomes the demeanor is changed. You don't, you're not necessarily welcome. You're watched extremely closely. Like, are they going to say, you know, something about Jesus in there, in the talk? And it's mind boggling to me how you can take a, a, a rapper that will talk about, you know, drugs, sex, money, cars, killing in their music. And they're welcomed into places sometimes without any sort of hesitation. Um, well but, you, well, but you're a Christian. Um, we we really should be careful about you. We don't want you to be in here. So. Your message of love is not welcomed here. Right. Exactly. It, it is such a crazy time. And, and I mean, that's nothing new in history, I guess, with the gospel. But yeah, you saying it that way really is eye-opening that there's this guardedness that people have with schools and, and the gospel. And I get I mean, we are living in a new era from last week, the shooting in Florida. We talked about that before we started recording. And the message, the, the, yeah, the, the love, the hope, the positivity, Mm -hmm. what God can do in, in people's hearts. And, and we get, you know, the public school arena has its own set of rules. We get that. But, um, boy, since even when we met a few weeks ago for lunch together, Jason, we were together. together. Yeah, it was that you know, ever since then, I mean, like the urgency for me since last week has really ratcheted up um, yeah. with the shooting as we record this, you know, that happened. And boy, these are if, if this isn't a wake up call for for us to understand as adults that we have to create safe environments and we have to empower these students to take God through the door of the schools. When you said God is knocking, but he's not welcome. it. What would you say from a student perspective? Is that as much the case? Um, yeah, I would definitely say because it's not just the schools. It's a reflection of our culture. Um, God's not welcome in our media. God's not welcomed on television. He's not welcomed on, you know, award shows. People say Jesus if you are in an interview and people she starts talking about that, like somehow they lose signal. It's a, I mean, it's a perpetual thing. And it's it's really tough. The, the sense of urgency that, we see that is there. It's absolutely there. We know that it's there. However, it's like they don't want the solution. It's it's just a really tough issue to really you know to have something that you know could help help this issue. You're not going to create safety in a public school without cha- without changing the hearts of people. Yeah, the gospel is something that changes the heart of me. We're not trying to change behavior, and I think for so long, people look at Christianity as like I'm trying to change your behavior. And God is not concerned about your behavior as much as he's concerned about your heart. Because if your heart changes, then you don't go into a school and shoot it up. But at the same time, when your heart changes, you're not bullying the kid to make him go to that mm-hmm. extreme. You're not ridiculing and 
uh, mocking uh, a gay kid. You're not doing these things. You are actually compassionate. You care for people. You care for one another. And until the hearts of students change, there's not going to be safety in school. But the heart of students will not change without the gospel. It's just you you can't have one without the other. Um, You can be good moral people, but if you're just moral for moral sake, um, people can do a lot of things with good morality, but with it's more than just morals. It's a real heart change. It appears that we are trying to take care of the symptoms. Yes. So we see bullying a, an issue, so we try to create a policy or a law or something. About bullying. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like you see something in even this racism that is happening, and you go, we need to have laws for that. Guns, we need to have laws for that. All of these things that start to go, these are all symptoms mm-hmm. of the heart issue. You can't make a law to outdo hate. Mm-hmm. Hate doesn't take care of hate. No. And so when you have a message of love and it's it's restricted, it's <clears throat> it's denied, yeah. You're not going to change the heart issues. Nope. Or the the symptoms. You're 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 not getting at the root of things. And the true source of what love is. Yeah. I mean, love is not just saying, "Oh, maybe just everybody can just do what they want to, whatever you feels right." Like, no, like if I love you and I know that you're doing something destructive, I th- yes, doing drugs might make you happy for a moment, but if I love you, I'm going to say, no, you shouldn't do that. If I, if I truly love you, I'm going to tell you the truth. W- the truths that are offensive to people um, in the scriptures are those tough love situations where they don't see it as love. They see it as, oh, this is hatred. This is bigotry. This is, no, this is like, this is the right, this is the way to, to live. The God that created us has given us instructions. He knows how we operate. He knows what we should do. And we should speak the truth in love. And now, and it goes both ways because there's a lot of Christians that do get a lot of press and they get a lot of press for saying love, but I, doing things that they call love in a hateful spirit. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you know, and that's the type of thing that gets promoted. And that's the type of Christianity that people see. And it's controlled by those that don't want Christianity to be a, a thing that's welcomed in our culture and especially our school system. So, that's what gets promoted, and that's what the stereotype becomes, so that's what we don't want. You know, the, the message of the gospel, the hope of Jesus in campuses, the campus, we've talked about it over and over in this podcast, but it is, and George, you know this, it is such a strategic place of influence in society. It's where the majority, overwhelming majority of our population goes through middle school and high school on a school campus, whether public or private. And that's where they're most receptive to the gospel before they graduate. It's where all of society like is in one place, and they're spending. We calculate out in middle school and high school about nine thousand hours, half of their waking life, when they're in school. They're on a campus, and so our hope, and I, I have to bring it up because it's part of who we are, is claim your campus. It's students praying. It's seeing the difference that prayer is making. When you're talking about heart change. That's the only thing that can change a person's life and heart is Ooh. is God and it's the power of Christ. There's no other way around that. And you're you're exactly right. The behavior modification thing it just falls so short and that's yeah. that's just not going to change our society. And right now all of our social media feeds and all of our news feeds if we're watching the news are filled with the conversation about what can we do to make schools safer. And those are can be good conversations. They can definitely divert into some rabbit trails. But like 
I know all of us agree in our ministry and organization is all about the transformation of people's lives and hearts. And prayer is the, that's the doorway mm-hmm. for that to happen. And student-led prayer is the way for that to happen. And that's our hope through Claim Your Campus is imagine a prayer group led by students at every school where you can begin to see the transformation of that campus Yeah, and what God can do. Absolutely. When God gets taken out of the schools, we see what happens. But I think more and more God is being taken out of the church. And it's we have this disguise of, oh, we're just loving people. We want people to belong. We want to make people feel comfortable here. Um, but we get people to feel so comfortable that God's not comfortable there. Mm-hmm. And he's not moving there. Um, so I think that's a result of a spiritually weak and biblically illiterate church generation that we have. I think we've talked about this. I realized a few years ago, people's approach to uh, to their church or worship experience, it's believer-focused, like we're here to disciple or we're here for outreach. And mm-hmm. I think what's missing in that to me is the God focus. Yeah. You know, when I look at the Old Testament, the priests went in to serve. No one was there. They yeah. weren't doing it for the believers. They weren't doing it for the world. They were doing it for God. To me, that's the missing element. Yeah. If, if churches and youth groups could say, we are here for God and God alone. This is a birthday party, and we're here to celebrate the birthday person. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not here to for ourselves. Yeah, it's to me, it's like going to a birthday party, and you ignore the person whose birthday it is. Yeah, you're you, just there to hang out. Yeah, with everybody else. Like the person that's throwing the party yeah. is not actually invited there. Like you said, we've removed God mm-hmm. because God, in, in and of itself, the things that God desires for us can offend the world. And that. To, I mean, not to spoil the, the story of the scripture, but Jesus offended a lot of people. <laughs> they actually killed Spoiler him for alert. it. So yeah. it's a good book. You should read it. Yeah. <laughs> you should try that. Well, George, thank you. I mean, your passion, your heart. we um, grateful for your ministry, and uh, we're working on some things together and we're excited yep. about what we talked about. Hey, so Thank you. Thank you very much. Hopefully here. you don't get too many angry emails from yeah. my comments here. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not from YouTube. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Thanks, George. We've had this long-standing relationship with uh, a school that's really near and dear to our hearts. Um, not in the state where we're recording this in Michigan, but it's an urban public high school. Uh, this high school faces a lot of different challenges. Eighty-five percent of the student body doesn't live with their father. Um, they've been an F-rated academic school for several decades, and. In the process of building a relationship with them and some students there, we have seen something really incredible happen that we want you to hear about. It's a story that's worth hearing because it shows the power of what happens when students that are believers decide to make a difference at their school. And today, it's unique because at this public high school, we were able to spend some time with the principal, and he was able to share his perspective on what he has seen from students that through their faith, have made a difference on their campus. So let's, let's listen in. Okay, well, my name's Keith Burke. I'm the principal here at Marion High School, and this is my fourth year here. At the beginning when I got here, um, academically, we were doing okay. When Keith arrived, Marion High School had moved up from an F-rated school to a C-rated school. About three years ago, the CYC group started. Amante and Zoe came and asked if, if that would be a problem. I said, absolutely not. Um, The area of Marion and Marion High School is about 70% free and reduced lunch and is extremely high in poverty, one of the highest poverty schools in the state of Indiana. 
They were also averaging a fight every few days where the students believed fighting was okay. So what Zoe and Amante wanted to focus their prayers on was to see violence decrease and academic excellence increase. And Keith can definitely see the change. But I can tell you right now where I see the shift, um, academics, I think we're on the upswing and doing a great job. Where I see the shift is in the culture. And again, our prayer group had so much to do with that, I believe. For the first time in decades, Marion High School became an A-rated academic school. Their AP test scores are higher than the national average and higher than the average in the state of Indiana. Last year, the senior class earned over 4,000 credits towards college, saving families a lot of money. 90% of our students have earned at least three college credits while in school. So 90% of our school population, and that even goes down to some of our special education students where we're finding ways we can help them succeed, and that makes them feel great. So, um, you know, we're, we're really, really doing some things, I think, that are helping our students succeed um, and become, you know, more productive members of society, which helps us all. Evident in the data, Keith also noticed a change in the number of fights, as well as the culture of peace had started spreading amongst Marion's students. And our numbers of fights have gone down dramatically. Um, again, when students care for each other, uh, great things happen, and they're definitely caring for each other and praying for each other. You know, again, things, things don't just change just from policy changes. They don't just change from leadership changes. You have to have students who believe, students who are involved, and um, believing in the cause is great, but if they believe in the cause and believe in Christ and are willing to ask Christ for help for it, um, how much better can it get than that? Our students asked for help. Our students asked for his guidance. Our students asked, you know, for him to, to you know, to, to grant salvation on some of our students, our other students, and to give them peace and to give them an opportunity to be better in school and to be more productive members of our society. So uh, prayer is not accidental, um, and what comes from prayer is not accidental. So Claim Your Campus is this movement that's growing. Students are praying, and what's exciting about this is that we're seeing it from People like a public high school principal who are pointing to faith as a reason for specific change on campuses. And my encouragement to you today is working with students, help them understand ways that they can make a difference. And I want to be really specific here for a minute and say to you that Claim Your Campus is something you need to know more about. If you go to the website, claimyourcampus.com, you'll learn more. You can go there and find out uh, how students can get involved. It's so simple. Students just deciding a day and a time every week to meet with their friends and pray for their school. The Claim Your Campus mobile app, search it on any platform that you use. Download it right now and learn more and see how easy it is to use. And if you want more tools in your hands, if you go to the claimyourcampus.com website, Look up CYC Connect under the Resources tab. You can learn about how you can introduce something to your students, maybe in your youth group time or at an event, that can mobilize them in one night to begin to pray. Because one of the mantras of Claim Your Campus is that prayer equals change. That when students begin to pray, and they're specific, they're equipped, they're passionate, God can begin to move and do something that only He can do on school campuses across America. There's no doubt that schools face tremendous challenges. We see this in the most recent school shooting. There are tremendous challenges that these students face, but we believe God is moving. And that may be hard to believe right now, but we see it every day. We see it in so many examples. We have heard about the stories, even in most recent episodes with Josh Liggins or Jeff Henderson. God is moving. 
And as we stated last episode, schools are one of the most, if not the most strategic places to bring about change in society. And in the next episode, we have an announcement that is eight years in the making. And the fact that we are mentioning this will make the next episode historic. We're not understating that. We've been discussing for months which episode to make this announcement, and it will be our next episode, so you won't want to miss it. The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, whose vision is to see new generations transformed in Christ to further the kingdom of God. Learn more at neverthesame.org.